Attention. Attention detail. Listen up and lead well. You're a VIP, giving you what you need to succeed. Be best you can in your own company. Attention detail one by one, step by step to get the job done. Pops are gonna break it down to you. I ask questions, get the show started for the attention detail. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attention to Detail with Eric Bird. I am Eric Bird. So happy to be with you again. Thank you for listening to us. Make sure that you like us and uh, give us five stars on iTunes and Spotify, all the places that you listen to your podcast. Please rank us very high so that way we can continue to give you great leadership uh, content. Attention to Detail. Uh, is moving your brand forward as artists, leaders, and influencers. I do not have Jason with me today because it's interview day. And on interview days, uh, I kind of drive the car, I guess. And so today we're very excited to have my very good friend and a wonderful musician, educator, um, entrepreneur. This is Mr. Paul Carr, paulcarrjazz.com. And on our show notes... We'll have all the information and all the different web pages of what Paul is doing. But let me just get some of the housekeeping out of the way uh, right off the dribble. So as always, this show is sponsored by VIP Consulting, Leadership Done Well. VIP trains leaders in the skills they'll need to take their organization to the next level. Vision casting, conflict resolution, staff and volunteer management, and more. VIP Consulting helps clients create an action plan and works alongside you to execute it. Experience what faith-based institutions, individuals, and organizations have come to learn. VIP Consulting gives you the VIP treatment. Go to ericbird.com for more information. And now, without further ado, this is Mr. Paul Carr. Attention. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to be able to talk to a, a uh, uh, an artist, a musician that uh, really is not in the same class with any of us this cat <laughs> this cat is not wow. only a, a cat and a musician but he's a composer he's a player of uh, of high regard um mm. he's been doing it a long time but then on top of that uh he has uh defined himself as an educator in a way where that his students can beat up your students <laughs> on, on any 251 that's not in B major I don't know but but on most 251s his students will be his, your students and then if it, as if he's not busy enough he also has the Mid-Atlantic Jazz Festival which he resurrected from uh, the embers of the East Coast Jazz Festival so it brings me great pleasure to come to you now with the great Paul Carr paulcarrjazz.com <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, th- thank you very much, uh, Eric, for that um, uh, that, that, that highly uh, bloated uh, <laughs> introduction. And I I have to take exception with uh, a couple of things, but only once for now. <laughs> but compose. I don't consider myself a composer. Now I write tunes. Right. Know? Okay. But, but a composer. I mean, you know, I'm not sitting here thinking about it, and 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 while I'm, you know. I, I, you know, composer, you know, that, that's really a scratch. That's high cotton. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's high now, cotton. Now, now I, I might write a tune or two, right. but uh, like a composer, I, I get know. it. <laughs> I get it. So why don't we, uh, you know, I, I, I try to keep these things to about 20 minutes or so sure. because people don't have, uh, you know, the attention span as they did when we were kids. So let's get right into it. So you um, are from Houston, Texas, and you got into jazz and saxophone at an early age, a young age. 
Yeah, yeah. My my mom was really instrumental in that because she likes jazz and she, you know, I was the only boy. And so she wanted me to play the saxophone, which she hoped I'd play the saxophone. And then when it was available in school, you know, uh, I, uh, you know, chose the saxophone to play. But she at, at her uh, nudging, you okay. know, yeah, you're going to play the saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> and then you came to the D.C. area for college. Yeah. Yeah, I came. Uh, I transferred. I was I was at a, a, a Texas Southern uh, HBU down in in Houston, Texas, and then I heard a record by the Howard Jazz Ensemble, and I said, you know, that's where I need to be. Mm. Uh, and so I transferred up to um, to Howard University. And so, and then you graduated from Howard, and then you started a very strong and healthy music career is not only a, uh, a leader of your own band, but also being the side man on other recordings and playing around town and doing your thing. Yeah. After, after banging around for a few years and playing with playing, you know, playing um, a freelancing and pick up things and which were, which were very, which were very helpful, by the way. Um, then I, then I started to, you know, start to try to formulate, uh, you know, like somewhat of a vision of trying to, you know, do something you know, uh, it, on, in a career base, you know, on my own. So that's what I want to kind of get into, because at some point, at some point, you must have intentionally said to yourself, okay, I see what everybody else around me is doing. You know, there are other great, I mean, how many people play saxophone in the, in the DMV, in the DC, Virginia, Maryland area, maybe a couple million, right? There's got to be a couple million. Right. A, few, a few thousand, that's for sure. A few thousand. So how how did you begin to differentiate yourself from everybody, every just another tenor saxophonist? Uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I think it was, it was mostly, it was very organic because I liked teaching like from the first begin, you know, from when it was introduced uh, to me. When I was down in, in Houston, my saxophone teacher, uh, who was a classical saxophone teacher, Laura Hunter, she just one day said that she was teaching in a, in a, in a another school district. It was a second job for her. So she oh. had maybe about 30 kids, you know, uh, uh, in middle school. And she came in for our lesson one day, and she said she had just had it with those with those <laughs> kids, and asked and asked me if she if I would sub you know sub you know uh, you know take a you know take a few nights because these was these was at night, and so I w I went there and I had these 30, 35 kids, and I just loved it. I was teaching them private lessons, and they was they were like sixth graders too, so they were swirly wow. all over the place. Yeah. And almost all of them went from the sixth grade band to the eighth grade band. And down in Texas, that's a big deal. You okay. know what I'm saying? Mu music down in Texas is is really competitive and it, it's really supported very, very in Texas in general, in the South, it, 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 at the time was supported very well. So anyway, so that's so I had started teaching to get back to the point. I had started I had started teaching almost immediately when I got out of Howard, you know, and okay. I started, started having private students and, and things of that nature. Okay. And so, then, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you started to develop your teaching style and methods, but you never, you did, or, or correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't go to school to learn how to teach like pedagogy or jazz or any of that stuff. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. It, it was just basically, it was basically, uh, and like I say, it was very organic. So, I was relating to the kids. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a lot of issues growing up with learning because um, uh, a lot of conventional teaching didn't resonate with me. So I kind of um, 
uh, I, I kind of used some of that uh, with the things that I didn't like, and I kind of used that on them. And then, and then I was, of course, I was using some of the examples of, of the teachers, previous teachers I had before. Okay. And mm -hmm. so, and so all of this is happening. I'm imagining this is in your twenties when you're playing and I got to, I got to park the car there for a minute. This is one of my favorite Paul Carr, paulcarjazz.com. One of my <laughs> favorite Paul Carr stories is we're in the studio li listening to mixes or something, or I think John Miller was, was mixing a record or something. And we, I was talking about how Hollywood Paul Carr was and you kept saying, Oh no, man, I'm just like everybody else. And your phone rings and it's Brad from Marsalis from Japan. <laughs> oh yeah, well, we, well you know. And I'm like, yeah. to anybody else, that would be spam, but it's actually your boy calling from Japan. Yeah. Well, we've been, yeah, right, yeah, we've been friends for a long time, so yeah, so we, we, we yeah, you're right. So we we talk often, you know. So let's and, let's talk about the recording stuff for a minute. Speaking of Brad from Marsalis, because. He's one of those guys that uh, I've always looked to as kind of like a standard of not only having a group, but keeping a group together and right. every time. And he records on a regular basis so you can look over a real wide catalog of music and see all the great playing that he did. And, you know, I can kind of do that with your playing as well. I, when I first started in this music, um, I never wanted to just record one record because I feel like anybody could put together money, right. put out a record, and then that's the one record right. you got. You obviously looked at your recordings as a career kind of a choice. Was that an intentional thing, or did that just kind of come up? Yeah, once I started recording, once once I you know you know the the, the crash of the of the record industry yeah. and all of that all of that stuff. Once I once I realized that you could you could put these things out yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, and 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 uh, and continue your career that way, regardless. You know, you know, you didn't have to have the backing of a record company. So yeah, that's what I I, I realized that I say, you know, let let's 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 put out these recordings to document the journey of me. You know, whatever sure. whatever kind of growth there is. You know, you know. So that's what that's what uh, you know. That's what I wanted to do. And and also I I do have to bring up. Uh, to the first record that I actually did was produced by Ron Kearns, a friend of ours. Yeah, and uh, and so that whole process when uh, when he when he was tr when he was shopping the record to try to get it, uh, you know, to, for a record company, and we and we we came so close to being to, to being you know for the record to be uh, picked up, hmm. and that whole that that whole process, I just said to myself, I kind of just didn't want to go through that again because <laughs> you ju you just left at the discretion of of of, of these A and R people and their budgets and what their what you know their whims and right. the you know and so it's it's just you know uh, and and if well you know I don't want to get on them but if they was all <laughs> if they were all geniuses a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of decisions they made you know when it turned out the way they did so anyway to make a long story so that <laughs> So I figured, I figured it would it would be it would be best that I should try to do this on my own. Good, yeah, yeah, and and at some point now again I'm I'm kind of jumping around again, but I want to make sure that all there might be seven people out there to listen to this that don't know who you are. Notice I didn't say seventy; I said seven. <laughs> Paul Card more like seven hundred. <laughs> PaulCardJazz.com. But um, but and then at some point you and I both. Um, had a great relationship with the East Coast Jazz Festival and Ronnie Wells, God rest her soul. She was um, extremely kind to me. I, when I met Ronnie Wells, you know, I, I was an absolute nobody. And she, 
she would give me an opportunity to play and she would hook me up with other musicians. And, you know, I met so many people. I probably even met you through that kind of network between Ron and Ronnie Wells and Ron yeah. Elston and all that kind of thing. But um, for those of people that are listening, you know, she did the East Coast Jazz Festival for what, like 15 years or so? 15 years. 15, 15 years. years. And yeah. then she passed away, unfortunately, and then it just kind of laid dormant for a little while. And Three. then at some point, somebody came to, not me, not <laughs> the alto player down the street, not the drummer that's really good, but they came to Paul Carr and said, hey, Paul. Why don't you, uh, you know, resurrect the festival? So I'm wondering, all that to say, I'm wondering why you thought you could do it. I think the reason, uh, because the, with the the first year, the first year, it was it was like I had to when it, the way it was presented at the hotel and the meetings that we had, mm -hmm. that it was like the the risk was low. You know what I'm saying? The risk the risk was low, and if it if it didn't turn out to be anything you know if it didn't it had if it hadn't worked out it was like nothing you know uh, you know nothing you know nothing really lost yeah you know, no you harm tried no some, yeah you know you tried something you put yourself out there you tried something and 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 i really would like to urge people to if you have an idea just go ahead and try it if it doesn't work so what you know what i'm saying <laughs> i mean you don't lose your house <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know so so that that, that uh that's you know that that's what it was. I was, you know, it was, it was really set up for me to at least give it a try. I thought the opportunity was okay. Well, you know, even if this thing is a flop, at least I'll still come out of this with my shirt on. So yeah. that's how I, that's how I kind of look. And, and the main reason why I wanted to do it is because I had started to teach kids in that, in that short period of time that East coast was gone, that they had never heard of the East coast jazz festival wow. within the, the point of Oh seven, to so, oh, 09, I'm teaching kids and I'm talking about, you know, I'm giving up one of my spills. And then I said, you you remember those the East, at the East Coast Jazz Festival, blah, 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 blah happened. And the kids are looking at me like, East Coast Jazz Festival, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah, I mean, that quick, when things leave, people just, you know, they 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 go away. You know, they 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 leave the consciousness sure. very quickly. Very quickly. So, and as you that, know, with, with students, it's like, it's here today, gone today. It's like, you know, everything is important right now. And then a year from now, they don't know nothing. They don't remember nothing. I, they, the past I, is like past. I'm think, I'm I'm sad to say, but some of us adults are like that as well. <laughs> and can you give a, uh, for people that are going to be listening to this, why don't you give a little uh, commercial for the Mid-Atlantic Jazz Festival? Well, the Mid-Atlantic Jazz Festival is, is uh, Montgomery County's uh, uh, premier Winter Jazz Festival, we hold it, uh, it's held over the President's Day weekend uh, every every year in, in, uh, in February. And so, and it's inside, so um, it's, you know, so it's not, it's real cozy. It's a cruise on land because this year, this year I don't even know if we'll have cruises, but you could come to the festival <laughs> and we'll, you'll get a, a, cru a, a cruise on land. And I'm, I'm really proud to say with the help of people like Eric Bird, that that we've we've done it for eleven years. I had wow. I you know the last year was our you know this um, past February was our eleventh year. So I you know it's 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 really amazing to me and and truly it, it could not have been done without without the help from people like Eric Bird because as Eric know I have called him <laughs> and asked him all kinds of crazy questions 
that that uh, that something that needed to be happened, the something that needed to take place thirty minutes ago. <laughs> I've, 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 yeah, uh, hey I've, man, I've, do you have a drum clutch in your car somewhere? <laughs> yeah, right. You know, do you do you, do you have a synthesizer? Do you right. have? This? Can you interview someone? <laughs> right. I mean, you know, can your band play? You know, tomorrow at at, at five thirty. I mean, right. Eric Eric Bird is is. Well, you know, I feel about you. You're such a multi-talented individual, uh, and uh, on a, on a lot of levels. So, but but yeah, but that was getting back to the festival. You know, that's how it has it has survived for 11 years. You know, with with help from from friends and great musicians. Um, you know, like you. So, are you aware? You know, I'm I'm going to ask you to 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 stretch back on my psychology couch for a minute for for a second but are you aware of why why this came through specifically you like are you what i'm trying to get to and one of the purposes of the podcast is that i'm trying to get information to people and inspire people to do exactly what you just said like if you have an idea like follow through with that idea because sometimes that idea has to come through you and it's right. not going to be the same if it comes through somebody else. Do you think it was a, cause from the outside looking in, I think it's a combination of exactly who you are. You, you can play at a high level. So musically you've got, you, 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 you've got the goods. You also have an educational route while interacting with all these kids from middle school, high school, and now even college with your work with Gettysburg. Um, you have the professional route so you can get on the phone or you can call a Mulgrew Miller or a Kurt Elling or a Bradford Marsalis to come, come, come through. So, so you're aware that at this time in history, all of this came through you because all of those things seem to have come together at the same time. Yeah. When you think about it like that, it, it, it it's it, pretty heavy. It, it, yeah. It's pretty, it, it has been, it has been a blessing to, to, to the extent because with the margins, with the financial margins that we deal with at the Mid Atlantic Jazz Festival sure. at the Jazz Academy, I couldn't pay. I couldn't pay an artistic director. I couldn't pay this type of person. I couldn't pay a you know a a, a, a grant writer. I can't pay right. a web designer. So having having those having those skills, uh, you know, having those skills does you know uh, does help. And also, too, the, the the main thing is, even though I do not consider myself as being great um, organizational wise, but I think when I started the camp, you know, the, the the jazz academy, and that had been going for a few years, it gave me the confidence to 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 go ahead and do the festival. I should add add that as well. So mm -hmm. by me organizing the camp and and putting together those concerts. Um, you know, for the kids, and sometimes we would bring in special guests. That also helped with me having to, to having having those musicians, like you said, in the Rolodex to be able to call. So just you know, so doing that actually was a was a great was a great prep. And prayerfully, the camp is going to be happening in 2020. Where as we're recording this, we're still dealing with the pandemic, but it looks like uh, at least where we are in the state of Maryland, it looks like we're slowly starting to come out of it. Um, but uh, why don't you give a little 30-second commercial on the jazz camp that you've done? Because that, exi that existed before the festival. Yeah, yeah. The, the camp this year will be our 19th year of the, doing, the, uh, do, doing jam, uh, jam camp. And it's a camp that actually started because I was teaching my students down in, 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 in my basement in, the, in, in here. 
and then I, they would be they would be prepared to to play in their high school jazz band, but they couldn't make it because of there's you know there's only traditional five saxophones, right? Or, or because the seniority, and even though they might be better players, but you know how you have to run a high school sure. jazz, you know, have to run a band is kind of seniority based. So anyway, so I developed a, I wanted to do something where the kids would have where they could all play. And that's how the jazz uh, uh, jam camp started, and that was back in 2003. So, um, and so, yes, we will have it uh, this year. It's going to start uh, July the 6th. So we're going to pull everything back. And okay. so and we're still formalizing the, 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 the format and how it's going to be because we're still reading the tea leaves of sure. how, you know, what kind of, uh, what kind of. Uh, what we're allowed to do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, excess. Is it going to be all virtually? Is it going to be part virtual? Virtual, You know, how's it, how, you know. Okay. So, and I, I don't want to stop the momentum. You know, I right. don't want to, to give in to this because we can't, you know, we can't, we can't, we need to have it at some, we need to, we need, and we, these kids, they need things to do. We got, this is a very, very crucial point in their life. So we, yeah. we have to keep trying to develop them, you know. And so, as, so, I've heard this theme come up a lot in this conversation. It just seems like you see limitations as an opportunity. Yeah. Un un unfortunately, uh, even though this as bad as this pandemic is, there are some people that are making out like a fat cat on, on this, on, on this, uh, on, 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 on this, uh, opportunity. Yeah. I mean, on this, on, on this, uh, crisis. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, whenever there is a, whenever there's limitations, then you just, you, you go to the next thing. It's so easy to say I'm defeated. It's, right. oh, so I, I tell you, it's, it's, you know, it's so easy to, to say that, you know, to just kind of not do anything. But yeah, but but always look for. I'm always looking for another way to do it, okay, uh, or another another way I can do a piece of it. You, mm -hmm. you know right, what I'm right. saying? So just something, you know, just you know, trying to you know, just trying to do something, you know. Right. Last thing, uh, and again, ladies and gentlemen, this has been uh, the great Paul Carr, PaulCarrJazz.com. Uh, <laughs> Your check is in the mail. <laughs> the great Paul. I wouldn't, ca I wouldn't cash it though. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you couldn't cash that man. We're in a pandemic right now. And the way my bank account works, man, I can't, I can't get to the bank like I'm, like I'm supposed to. Uh, last thing I mean, is my own, my own cash app denied me access, so you. Can... <laughs> so you know it's hard out here for these jazz musicians, man. It's, it's, it's hard out here. <laughs> but but what I was gonna say last thing is so, um. So how so? Do you think how how do I want to phrase this? You obviously have something in you. You were either taught or it was modeled for you by parents or teachers or educators or musicians that you respect to kind of look at yourself and your career beyond where you are right now. Like I'm here right now in 2020, but what do I want to do in 2021? What do I want to do in 2023? What 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 do I do five years from now? Um, is that something that you were you always had in you, or did someone awaken that in you and you go, "Wow, I really need to think of myself beyond just a tenor saxophone player, or beyond just I, I, I'm also an educator. I'm also a guy that can pull a team together 
um, because because we can't leave out your great wife, Miss Carmen, that does that right. helps you with the festival. Right. I can see myself doing a jazz camp. I can see myself doing a festival. I can, you know, is that was that always in you, or did someone kind of help bring that out of you, or is it a combination well, no, it was, of two? It's, 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 it was definitely it was definitely my, my 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 lovely wife Carmen Carr because she is the one actually that that said that I should do a, a jazz camp. She's the, you know, because uh, I I would always, I would go work at other jazz camps and I'd always come home and complain about it. And she says, <laughs> you know, and, and complain about how the person was doing it, this or blah, 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 blah. You know how people, you know how we oh, sure. sure. Yeah, and, so, and, and she says, you need to start your own jazz camp. You need to do it yourself and blah, blah, blah. So if to, to, to so she is the person that said, okay, well, you need, you, you know, you need to do it. And uh, she, and I remember she was one of them. She saw me give a lesson when we were in college, we've been married a long time. And she says, and she saw me give a lesson when I was in college. She says, gosh, you really, really love music. <laughs> because, because she, she, I was working, I, I was working with a, with a, with a, with a kid who's actually great now. She, she's, she's running her own program now. And she saw the way that I was working with her. And so, uh, so she's the one that I, you know, I could blame her for all of this because she's the one who say because you know, who who actually formalized and and put the organizational um, uh, uh, arm to my to my uh, existence. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great, ladies and gentlemen. You've been talking to the great Paul Carr, and I'll be back with a few uh, thoughts after this. So I hope you found a lot of information, as I did, valuable from um, from that conversation. I'm going to put it all on our show notes and our show details. And um, Paul has just been an inspiration to me and so many other people around the DMV and probably even beyond that. So thank you for listening to Attention to Detail. We'll be uploading new podcasts uh, each and every week, usually on Mondays, and you should be able to find us wherever you find or get your podcasts. As always, write a review and like us. You can also follow our sponsor, VIP Consulting, at ericbird.com. You can follow my jazz trio at ericbirdtrio.com. Show notes will be found at ericbird.com slash blog. Let me make sure I got that right. <laughs> Show notes can be found at ericbird.com slash blog. Yeah, that sounds a little more confident. Where you can also find the show on the VIP Consulting Twitter and Facebook pages. Attention. Uh, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Attention to Detail with Eric Bird. Attention. Attention.